Hallelujah. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a shout of praise in the house? He's worthy. He's awesome. God, we praise you. We honour you in this place. It's not like our God. You're alive and you're real. Hey, just one more time. Why don't we raise our hands to the God of heaven and earth? You know, one touch from heaven changes everything. One touch of the power of God changes everything. You don't, you don't have to leave the way you came. You can hook up with the Spirit of God and God will change things. And I don't believe there's been a day uh, in history more than now that we need a move of God on this planet. A move of the Holy Spirit from Whangarei to Invercargill to Napier to Invercargill again. I mean, Pastor Ian and Pastor Dale are in Invercargill. It's already in revival and uh, they're incredible. But I, I really believe that God wants to do something uh, in this room right now. I was in church a little while ago and, and it might have been a Sunday morning or something and we, everyone was singing, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. And I'm just lifting my hands, singing along and, and just enjoying what was happening. I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, I know I'm welcome here corporately, but am I, am I welcome to touch you? And you know, it's in meetings like this where we have a few days to make room for God to do something, that there's something tailor-made by the Spirit of God to come and touch you by the anointing. And in this room tonight, I'm gonna preach about 30 minutes and, and I'm believing at the end of tonight, the power of God's gonna touch this house. And, and that maybe you might've come with sickness in your body. We're gonna come against that in the name of Jesus and, and believe that God heals and turns things around. I don't know about you, but I believe the fire of God's in this house and God's gonna do something. And, and so then I'm full of faith and it's awesome to fly across the ditch to be in New Zealand, the country with the greatest national anthem in the world. It's true. Man, I'm so, I'm so excited to be here. Pastor Sam, Pastor Kathy, love you guys so much. Pastor Bruce, you are a legend, uh, known all over the world. And we honour the whole Monk family. My wife Donna sends her regards. We love you, we honour you. So glad to be here. And there's so many pastors and leaders from all over uh, that, that I've got the honour of knowing. And it's just a joy to be here and to be able to preach a conference with Pastor Samuel Rodriguez. He's one of the greatest preachers in the world. And, and I've been watching his messages, borrowing his messages for quite a long, longer than I'd care to mention. But, but he's a mighty man of God impacting, I mean, he's impacting the world. And, and, uh, and to be here and to be able to minister with all of you guys and, and, and the other speakers, it really is my privilege. And I'm so glad to be here. So thank you so much. And I bring greetings from our church, Life Point Church in Adelaide, South Australia. Adelaide's awesome. You should come and visit sometime, but it is my joy to be here. And I really believe that God's gonna do something phenomenal in the house. Musicians, you're amazing. And that music's so nice. Uh, can we give these guys a great hand tonight? They've done a great job. Fantastic. The Bible very clearly tells us to greet each other with a holy kiss. So before you sit down, look at your neighbor right in the eye, just give him a good one tonight and tell him, hey, you might not like it, but it's biblical. <laughs> Praise God. Fantastic. Are you happy? Does anyone love Jesus? Somebody say, our God is an awesome God. If you have a Bible, turn with me please to the book of Mark. 
the book of Mark. I was just with the young people this afternoon and I was just letting them know that in different uh, nations we say it differently. If you're Australian, it's Mark. If you're from America, it's Mark. If you're South African, it's Mark. If you're from Singapore, it's Mark. The book of Mark, chapter 16. Let's have a look at verse nine for just a moment and it says this. Now when he rose, we're talking about Jesus Christ. When he rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene of whom he cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and been seen by her, they did not believe. Isn't that amazing? They didn't believe. And it goes on to say that in verse 14, later he appeared to the 11 as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow. Somebody say follow. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They'll take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I love that. It doesn't say they might recover. It says they will recover. That's a promise from God. Right there in verse 20 says, and they went out preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through accompanying signs. Amen. I wanna use uh, for a subject tonight, just preaching a few minutes, you're being followed. Somebody, look at your neighbor and say, hey, somebody's following you. You know, when I woke up this morning, in, I was in Sydney, I got up this morning at about four o'clock. Most mornings when I wake up, goodness and mercy wake up at the same time. This morning I woke up a little bit before goodness. But you know, God in His grace, when we're born again by the Spirit of God, He makes sure that there are blessings from heaven that go with us wherever we go. There is His goodness, His mercy, His kindness. It follows us. The Bible says in Psalm 23, David says that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And, and so the Bible tells us that no matter where we go, no matter who we're with, the goodness of God is with us and, and it's following us and His mercy is following us. But really, that is, that is a great blessing for us and, and, and for, our, for our life as we serve God. But Jesus talks to his disciples about some blessings that are gonna follow them that are beyond themselves, but they're actually for what they're to do for the kingdom of God. Now, before I get into that, I wanna say this. Jesus presents this idea of his blessing and, and, the, and the anointing and the giftings that are gonna follow those who believe. But first, he has to kind of rebuke these disciples because the Bible says they did not believe Mary Magdalene who had seen Jesus after he had risen. And so he has to, he has to sit down and talk with them. Now, I don't know exactly what he said, but I wonder if he said to them things like, hey, guys, you, you saw me walk on water. You saw me pull Lazarus out of the tomb, out of the grave. You, you, you saw me uh, just speak a word to the centurion and his servant was healed. You, you saw me uh, go, to a, go to Bartimaeus on the roadside and say, hey, your faith's made you whole. You saw me steal a child's lunch 
and feed 5,000 people. You knew it had been prophesied that I'd rise again, but when, when push comes to shove, for some reason you couldn't believe. Isn't that amazing that these disciples who had been, been eyewitnesses to the miracle ministry of Jesus, when it came to the miracle that they wanted the most, they thought it was out of reach. It's, it's really true that I think that's something that we can face even in our own walk with God. We, we know that God can do things. If I said to anyone in the house tonight, does anyone believe that God can heal? The answer, of course. We believe God can heal. Does anyone believe that God can bring provision and blessing? Of course. Does anyone believe that God can bring revival to our church or, or, or whatever it is that we're hoping for and, and wanting so desperately in our lives, we believe that he can, but we don't always believe that he will. And when we believe that he will, we take the if out of the equation and we start to walk by faith and believe that God is who he says he is. And God, Jesus challenges these disciples and said, you saw me do all of those things. You saw me do all those things, but you couldn't believe that I would rise again, even though I am the resurrection and the life. And and the truth is they were unbelieving believers and I don't wanna be like that. I wanna believe everything the Bible says. I don't know about you, I still believe Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. I, I still believe that what he did 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem, he can do in Auckland right now. I still believe that he's more powerful than sickness and disease and poverty and lack. I don't know about you, man. I, I, I'm old school, man. I still, I still believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. I, I still believe that God can touch somebody's life and they're changed forever and forever in one moment of time. If you believe it, just give God a praise for just a second. Now, so Jesus is sitting at dinner. You've got to get this picture. He's sitting at dinner and he says to them, you, 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 you naughty people, you naughty people, I've got, to, I've got to win the world and I'm going to use you and you can't even believe. But if you would just believe, he says, there's going to be some blessings that follow you. And he starts talking about it. You'll, you'll speak with new tongues. You'll cast out demons. And he started to list all of those things. But before he clarified what those things were, he hung them all around one idea. He said this, he said, in my name, and then he goes, you'll cast out demons. You'll speak with new tongues. He says, in my name. I believe it is so critical in this hour that you and I know without a shadow of a doubt, without any, any fear, without, without, any, without any doubt that the name of Jesus is the single most powerful weapon that we have. I, I wanna, I, I, it's so important that we don't ever let religion muddy our view of the name of Jesus. I mean, that, the name of Jesus is a powerful name, man, you know. I mean, you, 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 let's, let's be real here. All of us were on our way to hell for eternity, which I do not have to remind you is quite a long time. And we're all on our way there. You and I, we were going to, we were going to hell. It's not good. Sulfur, pitchforks, all of it, everything. And that's where we were headed for all of eternity. And then one day, maybe it was a church, maybe you're watching a preacher on telly, you're driving in your car, maybe somebody told you about the Lord. You, you simply called on that name in one moment of time and your eternity shifted from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God, for, from eternity in one place to another in one moment. That's a powerful name. I mean, you can call the name of David. You'll get nothing. I mean, I will call back but my name can't do anything. I think of names like cancer. 
I think of names like anxiety. I think of names like poverty. I, I think of names like lack and sickness and disease and, and, and whatever those names might be that stir some kind of reaction in the hearts of people. Can I, can I remind you that there is still one name that trumps all of those names? Is, any, is anyone with me in the house of God tonight? The name of Jesus, his name still works. His name still has power. His name still has authority over sickness and disease. I mean, his name still works when you come against things in the name of Jesus. There's power in his name. That's good news. That's better than a poke in the eye with a blunt stick. The name of Jesus. I was watching Dr. Phil the other day. I know even us men of the cloth need some kind of spiritual inspiration. So I was watching Dr. Phil and he's sitting there with Oprah. They had the big guns, you know, and, and uh, Dr. Phil starts talking about this condition called the lullaby effect. And what the, what the lullaby effect is, is basically you have heard a song over and over and over and you hear a completely different message than the message that's actually being said or spoken because you've been pacified by the song for so long. You're hearing a completely different message. Religion does that to the name of Jesus. Religion wants to make Jesus safe and Jesus is risky, you know. Jesus is wild. The lullaby effect is exactly this. I'll show you how it works in song. I know, some people have a lot of different talents and it's a gift, it's a blessing. Rock-a-bye, baby, on the treetop. Has anyone ever stopped and asked a question? <laughs> Why is there a baby in the top of that tree? <laughs> when the wind blows, the cradle will rock. Question? How did the baby's bed get to the top of that tree? <laughs> when the bow breaks. Question, what's a bow? <laughs> I Googled it. Branch. When the branch breaks, the cradle will fall. Down will come baby, cradle and all. Ah, uh, it's not a great song, is it? It's a song about a mother who's had enough. She's like, she's like, Leroy, if you keep whinging, you're in a lot of trouble, Leroy. <laughs> Leroy, I'm telling you, this is not an empty threat. If you keep going, I'm gonna put you in the top of that tree. And I'm not gonna do it today. I'm gonna wait for a Louisiana hurricane to blow through, and I will put you on a branch that is not load-bearing. Now, let me tell you something. We see mothers today, rock-a-bye, baby, and we're like, what a good mother. No, call somebody. She's. She's threatening the child. <laughs> but how many times have we heard that song? Da, 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 and just been rocked to sleep. Can I tell you, religion wants to rock you to sleep. But I tell you, the name of Jesus should wake you up, man. I mean, it should be like a Holy Ghost defibrillator. Clear, ba-boom. I mean, when you use His name in faith, the Spirit of God gets involved and acts on your behalf. There is nothing more powerful than saying, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Bless God. Man, that, that, that'll, that'll, that'll 
That'll clear your sinuses, brother. <laughs> the name of Jesus. You know when you get Christmas cards? They're all so religious. Dear grandma. And then there's like a pre-written bit. May the goodness of this festive season be abundantly something. <laughs> Love Dave. I want to do my own Christmas cards. Dear Nan, pre-written message. If you don't repent, you're going to hell. Love Dave, Merry Christmas. <laughs> or you could do like a Pentecostal one. It's got like Benny Hinn music when you open it, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, dear Nan, and then it says, lift your hands, the fire of God's gonna come upon you right now in the name of Jesus. It's got a pop-up hand, boom, down she goes under the power of the Holy Ghost. Merry Christmas. I feel like I'd like to write a Christmas card that says, don't forget those little hands that curled the finger of Mary are the same hands that if they're extended to you, bring healing and breakthrough and life in the name of Jesus. Those hands extended from heaven change impossible situations in a moment of time. Jesus says, he says, in my name. And then he lists four promises from God and I wanna share them with you. So for the two of you taking notes, write this down. He says, in my name. And then he says, number one, he says, you'll cast out demons. What's Jesus saying right there? He says, I'm gonna give you supernatural authority. Supernatural authority. Can, can, I, can I say, I, I believe with all of my heart that we still need to remember that all authority has been given to us in the name of Jesus. And there's so many believers that walk around with their head held low that really should walk with their head held high because they have the authority of Jesus on the inside of them. I, I don't know about you, but I don't stand in my own authority, I stand in his. My, my sister-in-law's a, a police officer in Adelaide and I remember going to the ceremony with my wife Donna and we watched her graduate and she became a police, I was gonna say a policeman, but she's a police lady. And, and she, she, I remember they gave her a hat and they gave her a badge, you know, and I, I couldn't help but think to myself that if she stood in traffic and tried to pull over a big bus or a big truck just in her own, in her own kind of civilian clothes, the truck could just run her over fairly easily and, and uh, she would be no more and the truck would be fine because she has no authority in her own self or the stature to subdue the vehicle. But the minute she wears that badge, she's no bigger, she's no stronger, she's got no more natural uh, ability to subdue a vehicle, but that vehicle now knows that if it doesn't do what she says, there's a greater authority that's backing her up, and that's, that's the state of South Australia in her badge. You know, when you come against the enemy, man, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to go, oh, well, how have I been this week? If the enemy's coming against your family, have I, have I been in the Word enough? Those things are important, but do you know when you come against the enemy, you don't come in your own strength? You actually don't come. You've got a badge called the blood of Jesus, man. You've you got a badge called the name of Jesus, and so, hey, I don't come against you in my own strength. I come against you in the name of Jesus. Oh, bless God. My father is an evangelist, which is basically the same as a pastor. They just can't hold down a long-term job. <laughs> and I love him. I respect him. He's awesome. His name's Tim Hall. Some of you might have heard of him over the years. And, and one day we're in this church service, and it was... 
Um, let me say this first. My parents are old school Pentecostals. Do we have any Pentecostals in the house? Okay, let me explain to you what, what I mean. They, didn't, they don't sleep, they levitate. You know, they, when they fight, they fight in tongues. It's kind of, if I got sick on a school day, I never got love and compassion. It wasn't like my parents walked in, here's some Advil. Uh, let me anoint your fevered brow and just have a rest on a school day. It was, the door would burst open. In the name of Jesus, come out of him, you foul thing. I'd sneeze and he's go, good. Pick him up, there it is, that's a power of God. In the name, bring in enough oil to drown a koala. The prayer was so violent, heaven suffered violence and my father took it by force. I would go to school that same day, black eye, thick lip, teeth missing, blood nose, but not one flu symptom. You laugh, you laugh. For your sixth birthday, you probably got Lego or G.I. Joe. I got an overhead projector. And listen, I'm not talking about these modern things up here. This demonic apostate modern Rubbish that's infiltrating the church, <laughs> pixel by pixel. I'm talking about a box that big by yay big, by yay big, with a stick and a mirror with little lenses. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Hey pastors, if your church isn't growing and you're still using the overhead projector, we may know why. I used to operate the overhead projector. It took skill. These days you need a degree in IT, but back in my day, it still took skill. Because if you put the words upside down, people thought it was Mission Sunday because it was in Russian. <laughs> but I had my overhead projector in my bedroom. I'd lead the bears in worship. <laughs> I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. He has made me glad. Anyway, stop. It's too much nostalgia. I used to lay hands on the bears, they'd fall out under the power. One day I baptized Big Ted and his eye fell off. My mum sewed it back on and we testified to the healing power of Jesus. So you laugh, that was my childhood. <laughs> One day we were in Estonia, I wasn't gonna tell you this, but we were in Estonia on a missions trip and, and uh, we were staying with the missionaries. This is back in 1993. And so in the middle of the night, I had to go to the bathroom. So I go to the bathroom and the missionary's son, Daniel, sneaks under my bed and I didn't know. And so, and so I get back into bed and I'm just getting comfortable and the next minute at the end of my bed starts levitating because he's pushing it up. But being the son of healing evangelists, I totally assumed it was a demon. <laughs> so at the tender age of 12, I'm rebuking that thing. In the name of Jesus, you foul thing. Get out from under my bed right now. The bed went completely still. Talk about authority. So I get ready to get to sleep, get in the comfy position again, and the bed goes up. I thought there must be a legion under there. I'd seen it on TV where the preacher says, name yourself, so I thought I'd give it a go. Name yourself, spirit of gluttony. Come out of him, not unless you give me a block of chocolate. No, I, I said, you foul thing. 
Name yourself. And I just hear underneath the bed, it's Daniel. Uh, <laughs> that was my childhood. But one day, my dad's actually a powerful man of God who I love and I honor. He's led over a million people to Jesus. He's still preaching all over the world. And, and one time, oh, yeah, cool. He's not here, but I'll tell him. Uh, I'll mention it. But we're preaching, I say we, I was not involved, I was just there as a child. He was preaching, there was a big sign on the back of the stage that said Jesus. And I'll never forget this. A guy comes into the service and he's bound by the enemy. The enemy's tormenting him and he's disrupting the meeting. He's like, just kind of, just being weird, you know. There's nothing like a good Pentecostal church to pull out a good weirdo. That had happens. <laughs> and if you think it's never happened in your church, you may actually be that way. Anyway. Now, disregard, disregard. There's a crazy person in every family, and if you think there isn't. So my dad's preaching in this church, and this guy's affected by uh, uh, the, the enemy's coming against him, and he's disrupting the meeting. There's a big sign that says Jesus, and my dad stops. And I don't know why he did this, but he stops and says, Sir, in the name that's on that sign, be free right now. The guy gets totally delivered by the power of God. We get in the car on the way home and dad's driving the car. He says, David, I learned two things tonight. I said, what's that? He said, there's still power in the name of Jesus. I said, cool. And he said, you know what else? I said, what? He said, demons can read. Can I tell you, you and I have supernatural authority. And when we come against the things that come against us in the name of Jesus, we can see things shift and change by the power of God. I, I don't know about you, but I wonder if there's anyone in here that actually has a revelation of the fact that greater is He that's in you than He that's in the world, that you are full of the Holy Ghost and power, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus. Supernatural authority. Number, number two, number two, He says, in my name, you'll speak with new tongues. Oh, I love talking about speaking in tongues. I'm a tongue-talking Pentecostal. Rubber gumboot. Hikiki cooler. There's nothing like the language of heaven. And Jesus is prophesying. He's talking about the baptism in the Spirit. He says, I'm going to give you supernatural authority, then I'm going to give you supernatural power. There's power in the Holy Ghost. There's power in the Holy Spirit. And, and, and you know, sometimes in our, in our churches we think, man, if we can get people spirit-filled, that's the goal. Uh, and, and get them speaking in tongues, that's the goal. I, I believe it's not the goal, it's the gateway to the spirit-filled life. Tongues is, the, tongues is that entry level into the things of the Spirit. Paul, he says, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. Jesus, he says here, in my name, you'll speak with new tongues. Maybe you're here and, 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 and you go to Equippers Church and in one of their 17,000 locations across every country of the world. But you might, you might be a, you might be a uh, faithful attender of church and you go, I love, I love the music, I love the preaching, I love the coffee. Or in the Auckland campus, I love the whiskey, it's just fair. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. They don't sell coffee. Uh, <laughs> but you might, you, you might say, hey, I go there, the people are friendly, the preaching's great. Can I tell you, all of those things are wonderful, but they're not the thing that keeps bringing you back. 
You're actually coming back because you're attracted to and drawn by the Holy Ghost. Something about the Spirit of God and Jesus, he says, hey, you're gonna receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You'll be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Do you know New Zealand is the furthest part of the world away from where Jesus spoke those words? Do you know that? That's a fact. New Zealand is the furthest, Wellington is the furthest capital city. I believe Tauranga is the furthest city in the world from uh, Jerusalem. So when Jesus spoke those words to the ends of the earth, do you realize right now we are sitting in fulfilled prophecy of the book of Acts? So when Jesus said and prophesied Pentecostal power, he's talking about this moment. And do you know what I love about this movement of churches? You didn't stop and go, prophecy fulfilled? You said, how can we take the gospel even further? How can we take power even further? That's why you're in Manila. That's why you're in California. That's why you're in the UK, man. Why? Because there is something of the Spirit of God. He says you'll receive power. Power to come against the powers of darkness. Power to carry the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm a young preacher. I'm 37, so I'm still technically youth. I know. Can, can, can I tell you, I, I, I feel a burden for my generation to not deny the power that got the church to where it is today. I, I feel like more than any time, we've got to value some of these things. Praying in the Holy Spirit, is it weird? It's very, very unusual. But it's the most powerful thing that you can do. How do I be a great dad for my kids when they're in trouble? Praying in the Holy Ghost. I tell you, there's nothing more powerful than believers who know their authority and carry power. We need power from heaven. He says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I was on an airplane flying somewhere in, in, the, in the air. And this lady's sitting next to me. Do you have Christian bookstores in New Zealand? What, is there like a brand? What's it called? Just you. Mana, as like manna. Manna. We'll go with manna because that's how I think it's pronounced. But, but we won't argue. God bless you and, and, and your whole household. Um, <laughs> sitting next to this lady on the airplane and she, she, she had Christian everything. She had a T-shirt. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall run and not grow with them. She had a she had a vest, a denim vest. Pastor Wayne Swift, I tell no lie, in the presence of the Lord. On one side of the of the vest was the first five of the Ten Commandments. On the other side were the other five. Her earrings were the fish symbol. She had a Bible big enough to choke a kangaroo. I'm convinced. And I think it was, to be honest with you, I think it was too big for carry-on. I thought they were getting slack. But it wasn't just a Bible, but she had a Bible cover. She had a brooch that said spirit-filled, another brooch that said born again or something like that. She had a Bible, nearly every highlighter you can imagine. Now, I have no problem with Bible covers. We have to accept all kinds of Christians. But this one had scripture on the front. I couldn't work it out. I was trying, why, why do we need scripture on the Bible cover? And then I thought, in case the zipper malfunctions. <laughs> the grass withers, the flower fades, the word of God stands forever. <laughs> anyway. So this woman, she had Christian everything, Christian hair ties, Christian 
watch, Christian jewelry, Christian everything, big bar. She looked like she'd been in the Manor bookstore. <laughs> During a hurricane, the building was leveled. She walked out with all the debris onto the airplane. And she had these multicolored beads, and I know what they are, they're evangelism beads. Each color represents something different. And so she's flashing them in my direction. There, were, oh, there was two things I was not gonna tell her. Firstly, I was not gonna tell her I'm born again, and secondly, I was not gonna tell her I'm a pastor, because if she knew either of those things, the rapture could have happened, and people would have been left behind. So, <laughs> we couldn't have that too soon. But she's flashing the beads in my direction, and I couldn't help it. I just took the bait, I said, nice beads. She says, they're my evangelism beads. I was like, really? She said, yeah. And so she starts telling me the gospel according to the beads. I didn't convert. I gave her nothing. I let her intercede all the way, not knowing that I'm a preacher fulfilling the Great Commission. So. <laughs> I'm nearly done. Uh, so then we keep flying, I'm listening to music. I just had this thought, if the future of global evangelism, if the future of the salvation of mankind hinges on these beads, <laughs> we have a massive problem. Because the Bible doesn't say, you shall receive beads when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. He says you'll receive power. The apostle Paul on the road to Damascus, light shines from heaven. I have beads, I must change my ways and tell everyone about Jesus. We need more than a gimmick. We need more than just tacky Christianity. We need power. We need the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the anointing of the Spirit of God. We need that river that flows out of heaven, that reaches out and touches your heart and touches your life in the name of Jesus. We need, we need power. Then he says, in my name, he says, you'll take up serpents. Really, that's not relevant in New Zealand. Where I come from, we have to hold on to that scripture for dear life. Our snakes bite, you, yours are glorified worms. They, if we see a snake, we run the other way. If you see a snake, you're like, hey, Kiora. Uh, He says, I'll give you supernatural protection. Then he says this. Oh, there you go, it's lovely. Then he says this, number, number four. He says, you'll, you'll lay hands on the sick and they will recover. What's he saying? Supernatural miracles. Superna I believe God heals today. Jesus is same yesterday, today and forever. What he did 2,000 years ago, he does now. Can I tell you a story that I'm gonna quit? Not in general. I have no other career options. I'm all in. My eBay store did not take off. My evangelism beads were not popular, they. <laughs> so, I was preaching at a church in Pensacola, Florida about seven years ago. A church called Brownsville Assembly of God. They had a revival there back in the 1990s. Probably some of you pastors would have been there. So I'm preaching in this church and and they said, would you come and do a weekend and, and we're gonna get a young preacher and an older preacher, do a generations weekend. So you can be the young preacher, I was about 30. And then they got another lady by the name of Sister Mary Jenkins. She was 102. 
I think they covered the generational spectrum fairly well. 102, she was the adopted daughter of and grew up in the home of Smith Wigglesworth. I know. So, so I'm preaching with her, you know, and she's in a wheelchair. She, she didn't have teeth by that point. I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but she, her accent was very difficult to understand. And so we're just sort of hanging out in the, in the, in the pastor's office. It's just the two of us. So I thought I want to just talk to her. And I thought about a story that I'd heard of Wigglesworth. I don't know if you've heard any of these stories, but Wigglesworth gets uh, the body of a guy out of the coffin, throws him against the wall three times at his funeral and raises him from the dead, as you do. Uh, I, my, my thought is they must not have liked him to at least let it happen the second time. <laughs> to me, if I was at a funeral, I'd say, we can do, do it once. I'm, hap I'm happy for you to give it a go with mother-in-law to us. In fact, no, just let her go to heaven. She just needs to be with her. So, so I ask her, is that true? Did he really throw the body against the wall three times? And she's what she says to me. She goes, baby, that's how she talks, baby, that's an exaggeration. I said, an exaggeration, what do you mean? She goes, he didn't throw nobody against no wall. He just pushed him against the wall. <laughs> I said, was he raised from the dead? She said, yeah, baby. I said, how do you know? She said, I was there. So I did what any sensible young pastor would do. I said, lady, lay hands on me right now. She said, in the name of G, never had time to say this. In the name of G, I'm out under the, under the Holy Ghost. Just her and me. And she starts prophesying. She's like, Now friends, I don't know exactly what she said that day. But what I do know is to this day, it's the most powerful prophecy I've ever had. I went, back to <laughs> I went back to my hotel room and wrote it down. I drew a squiggly line and a picture of a butterfly. But can I tell you this? She's with the Lord and Brother Wigglesworth went to be with the Lord decades and decades ago. But I don't believe we needed the miracles he was walking in more then than we do now. We need a move of God. We need, we need a revival. New Zealand needs a revival. Australia needs a revival. Our countries are awesome, but they're getting a bit weird at the moment. Weird stuff's happening. Is it just me? Is it? I mean, they're awesome. Don't get me wrong. I'm not criticizing our land, but some of the morals, some of the thinking, some of... Uh, we, I just say, come breath of God. Lord, would you touch Australia? Would you touch New Zealand? God, touch this world. Lord, we need miracles more than ever. There's so many people sick. They need to be made whole by the power of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Just for, just for a sec, just lift your hands where you are. Let His anointing come on you. Let the power of God fill you right now from your head to your toe. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of your spirit. Jesus, we honour you in this house. We thank you for the power of God. There's nothing in the world like the touch of heaven. There's nothing in the world like the anointing of the spirit of God. You know, in this room, nothing's impossible. The grace, the favour, the anointing of God is in this place. You know, just before I hand back, I'd love us to stand for one minute. I wanna pray.
And I want to pray for those uh, in this room right now. And you'd say, Dave, I'm sick in my body. I need a miracle from God. Maybe, maybe the doctors have said there's no hope. How many know that there is facts, but there's truth that trumps facts? The facts may be you're sick, but the truth is, here's a miracle working God. The truth is the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us. And if you're in the house tonight and you'd say, David, I'm sick in my body. I need a miracle from God. Right where you're at, just shoot your hands up to heaven right now. We're gonna believe God that cancer's gonna go, that arthritis is gonna go, that depression's gonna go, that poverty and lack are gonna go. We're gonna believe God for the healing power of heaven to flow right now in Jesus' Name. Father, in the Name of Jesus, let the healing power of God fill this place right now. Lord God, up in the bleachers on the floor, Lord, I pray, send the anointing of God to heal. Lord, we ask that the great physician would come and touch people right now in the Name of Jesus. Lord, let the Holy Ghost just come and fall all over this place, even right now, Spirit of God. Let the rain of heaven just flow. Father, we thank You right now for the anointing of God. In the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. Come on, why don't we just worship for a minute? We're gonna touch heaven, come on. Jesus.
conferences like this, we need, we need teaching, we need impartation, but we need, we need that fresh breath of God to blow on our churches, on our ministry, on what we're doing in God in this place. The power of God just fall even right now in the name of Jesus. Let the anointing of God just come. The anointing of God just come. Father, we thank you for the touch of heaven. Jesus, Jesus, let your anointing fill the house. If you're hungry, God's going to fill people, even right now. Let his anointing just come. The power of God is filling this place. The anointing of God is filling this place. Jesus. If you're hungry, just step out of your seat and come. God's going to touch you tonight. The touch of heaven is in this house. If you're hungry from all over this place, if you want a touch from God, just come. Jesus. Jesus. Hey, Sheldon, just come and sit right here, bro. Just come. Just come. Put your hands to God as you do. I need an usher to stand within the power of God's going to touch you. Do we have guys that are going to help us? Thanks, bro. Just come. Just come. Stand with him. Lift your hands, Sheldon. The touch of heaven comes on you right now in the name of Jesus. From his head to his toe. Father, fill him right now with the power of God. Jesus, touch him. Touch him, Jesus. The fire of God come upon him. Let the anointing of your spirit come right now in Jesus' name all over this place if you're hungry. Let his power, let his spirit, let his touch just get on you in Jesus' name. Father, fill the house. Fill the house. We have some ushers that are going to stand as we pray. In the name of Jesus, Father, fill him right now. There's a power of God on your suit. That's it from your head to your toe. New wine and fresh oil right now in Jesus' name. Fresh wind of the Spirit of God now in Jesus' name. Fill him. Fill him with power from his head to his toe. In the name of Jesus. As the anointing of God, sir, just have a fresh drink of the new wine of heaven in Jesus' name. Father, fill the house. Come on. Let's really sing. Death cannot hold you.
Where are you from? Christchurch, you guys pastors. Lift your hands to heaven. There's a fresh anointing coming on you. In the name of Jesus. Father God, I just... I see a shift taking place in their church. Lord, I I feel fresh oils coming on board right now. There's a a new anointing of the Holy Ghost coming on your church. And right now, begin to dream again because nothing's impossible. He's a big God. He cares more about your church even than you do. And Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I release that anointing from heaven right now. In Jesus' name, we speak the life of God. That's the power of God on your surf. From your head to your toe, take the anointing of God. In the name of Jesus right now, power from heaven, power from heaven, power of the Holy Ghost. That's the anointing of God all over you in the name of Jesus. Spirit of God, touch Him. Spirit of God, touch Him. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church, if you're hungry, just lift your hands to heaven. There's a fresh anointing coming on, people. God, we thank you for your anointing. Never underestimate the one touch of the presence of God. When God moves in an atmosphere, it just releases something from heaven. A fresh touch, a fresh wind of the Spirit of God. In the name of Jesus. Can we lift our hands to heaven? If you're at the front, if you're in your seats, we're going to pray. I just believe in God there's a fresh anointing coming on, people. In the name of Jesus. Sister, where, where are you from? You don't need to come up, but you can. Let me pray. Well, yeah, let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I just thank you for the power of God. Touch the Philippines with a fresh anointing from heaven. Lord, let the power of God touch their church, touch their family, touch their home. Oh, Lord God, I pray that she'd know that greater is he that's in her than he that's in the world. And Lord God, I speak the blessing of God, the provision of God, the favor of God. Lord God, let the anointing of God flow like a river right now in the name of Jesus. With the anointing of God in the name of Jesus, Father, your touch. Lord, the touch of heaven right now in Jesus' name. That's a paragon. That's it. Just receive that right now, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody sing. Oh, death could not.
I just felt the Holy Spirit speak to me to do it. Some of you really need a breakthrough in terms of your facilities. You need a breakthrough in terms of a building. I don't know. And, and can, can I say, that's not, that, that's not, just so you know, that's not, I don't want to pretend I'm proper song. I, I do also know things, naturally speaking, uh, just in case <laughs> I don't want to get stoned again. Uh, it hurts, it hurts. But there are pastors here, you believe in God for a building for your church and you need a breakthrough. We, we had a miracle this year, supernaturally by the hand of God, unexpected miracle, a church given to us that's far bigger than what we had. It had a handful of people and they said, would you just come and be our pastor, bring your church with you basically. So we have, and, and it's our miracle. But can I say, I feel like God's, God's interested in, in your church. And, and so if you need a miracle right now, where you are, lift your hands to heaven, we're gonna pray and believe God. I probably should, you know, I, I, I don't feel like I'm the authority on buildings. I just feel like God's call, causing, really asked me to stir your faith to believe God. Father, in Jesus' name, we come into agreement right now for every pastor and leader. Lord God, they, their churches need homes. Their, their churches need buildings. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you right now by the Spirit of God, Lord, that you would be El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. Lord, open doors that no man can close. Lord do it supernaturally by Your Spirit. Father, in Jesus' Name, I pray right now that there would be supernatural provision that would come in the Name of Jesus. That would come in the Name of Jesus. Lord God, we believe it and we declare it in Jesus' Name. Can I just say one more thing? Some of you, I feel like there might be someone up there and I'm not, I don't need to call anyone out or anything like that, but maybe who? You felt like you were this close to something and then it just fell through and, and you had a lot of hope invested in it. Maybe even your whole church knew about it. I feel like whoever that is, I just want you to know that that might have been a miracle from God and because God's got something greater. God's got something better and, and, and God wants you to prosper and be blessed in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we give you thanks. Hey, tomorrow morning I'm preaching. I'm gonna preach a message called The Message of Pentecost. And I really believe that God's gonna move. We're gonna, I'm gonna lay hands on people. We're gonna believe God for signs, wonders and miracles and for the touch of heaven. But it's just been such an honor to be here. Thank you, Pastor Sam. Come on, why don't we give Jesus a shout of praise in the house. He's good, he's alive and he's real. Hallelujah.